0: Hi, I'm Edward Sri, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Imagine being this Polish priest from last century who was pouring out his life into building beautiful stations of the cross for his people. It took many years, and he poured his heart into making these beautiful stations, and then one day the communists come and destroy the whole thing. All the work of his hands, all of his heart was just destroyed in a single day. You know what that Polish priest said when that happened? He said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise be God. <laughs> to the greater glory of God. Have you ever wondered about that when when bad things happen? When something comes across in life that's really hard and there's a lot of suffering, why do some of the great holy men and women of God say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise be to God. How is God praised? How is he glorified? by the destruction of something beautiful. Maybe it's, in this case, the, the Polish priest, the beautiful station of the cross, but maybe it's you know, a certain project we're working on. Maybe it's a certain dream we have for our family and it's destroyed. Why would someone say, praise be to God, blessed be the name of the Lord? Oh, maybe it's a health issue, someone loses their health or they lose a job or they lose the opportunity for a promotion. Why would they say, praise be to God, or a young person uh, loses a relationship, they were hoping this was the one, and the relationship is lost, Why why would they say, may God be praised, blessed be the name of the Lord? I want to take a look at this. This is a fascinating topic I've been pondering this Lent, because you find this in the tradition. But what does it really mean? I think this can help us get to the heart of what our sanctification is really all about, and the heart of this great season of Lent. So that's what we're going to talk about. In this week's podcast, so welcome to all things Catholic. I'm your host Edward Sri, and I just want to give a big shout out to all the people I got to meet recently earlier this month in Avon Lake, Ohio, and North Andover in Springfield, Massachusetts, and all those focused missionaries I met in Boston and at, at UMass, and it was just a wonderful visit through Ohio and Massachusetts for a couple of days earlier this month. Met so many faithful people. Ask your prayers for all of them, and if you are in the Minnesota area or the Iowa area, you should come to the conferences I'm going to be doing there this later this week. So on March 22nd and 23rd. Wednesday and Thursday, the 22nd and 23rd, I'm going to be at St. Michael Parish in Prior Lake, Minnesota, just south of the Twin Cities. Uh, I'm going to be doing their Lenten Parish mission there. So again, that's St. Michael's Parish, Prior Lake, Minnesota. If you're anywhere in the Minnesota area, you're welcome to come join us for that on Wednesday and Thursday, the 22nd and 23rd of March. And then on Friday and Saturday, I'm going to be in Dubuque, Iowa. On Friday night, I'm going to be at the women's. We're going to have a women's conference there uh, Friday on the 24th. And then on Saturday, the 22nd, 25th, we have the big men's conference so uh, in Dubuque, Iowa. Lo- I always love to get to meet people that are listeners of the show. So if you come to any of these events in the coming weeks, uh, please come up to me and introduce yourself. I'd love to get a chance to meet you. One other great event I have coming up here, a unique one. I get to do with my wife Beth. We're offering a marriage retreat. We're so excited! It's going to be in the diocese of Wichita, Kansas, and the diocese wants to welcome people from all over the the Midwest there. So if you live in anywhere in Kansas or. Oklahoma, Missouri, Nebraska, they want to invite you to this. It's on Saturday, April 15th, uh, at St. Catherine of Santa Catholic Church from 8.30 to 3 p.m. And if you are wanting to take your marriage to the next level, you know, I I think it's so important that we take time out. You don't have to come on our retreat, but all married couples should be doing things to deepen their married love. I think many times we think of marriage as, hey, I made my vows, and I gotta be faithful to those vows and, and all that, and we're gonna raise kids, and but we we forget to actually go deeper in our marriage. What is the next step God is inviting you to take in your union with your spouse, to deepen trust, to deepen friendship, to deepen that closeness in married life. That's what God wants for all of our marriages. And I realize not everyone's able to come into Wichita, Kansas, but the diocese wanted me to mention this. If you are in any of those states from Nebraska to Oklahoma, Missouri, Kansas, any of those areas, uh, you're welcome to come join us Saturday, April 15th. Here's what you need to do. You can just call the diocese. We'll put all the information and details in the show notes, but you can call the diocese and that is at 316-685-5240. That's 316-685-5240 to get more information on the retreat. Really excited to be able to do this. For those that don't live in the area, I know I've got many people listening from all around the world. I doubt you're going to fly into Wichita, Kansas for this retreat, but you can always check out the book that Beth and I wrote on this topic called The Good, the Messy, and the Beautiful, The Joys and Struggles of Real Married Life. And that's what it's really all about. It's about meeting Jesus and all those little difficult, Difficulties, trials, moments of sorrow and disappointment that come up in every marriage. Those aren't just random events and problems to be solved. Those are the very places that God wants to meet us and bring deeper healing in our own hearts and deeper unity in our marriage. Uh, So again, you could check out the conference uh, if you're in the area. You can call 316-685-5240. Again, that's 316-685-5240. Or for those around the world, you can just check out the book, The Good, The Messy, and the Beautiful let's go back to this fascinating topic. How is God glorified by the destruction of the stations of the cross or the destruction of a certain plan you have? <laughs> How is God glorified by things like this? I think about one of my kids is a, is really into Legos. She she has her Lego City down in our basement that's taken over half of our basement. And if if her little siblings came and destroyed that, uh, is she just going to say, "Blessed be the name of the Lord"? Oh, this must be God's will. So God has some purpose in this. Uh, I, I think about my own life. I I don't. I'm not an artist in the sense of painting or sculptures like Stations of the Cross, but. I, I do write books and I could just put myself in that pre shoes, that Polish pre shoes. And imagine, you know, if I'm working on a book and it's taking me several months and I'm pouring out so much of my life, my effort, my heart, my mind, my soul into this book. And then all of a sudden my computer crashes and I don't have a backup. I don't think I'd be saying, blessed be the name of the Lord right away. <laughs> I'd be like, ah, I'd be so frustrated. And I'd be panicking because I know myself. I wish I could get there quicker. But what would it mean if all of a sudden I lost all of this work and, I, and all this effort and this book that was coming together? And, and, and why, in what sense is God blessed by that? I want you to think right now about some cross you're going through, some burden you're carrying right now. The saints, many holy men and women before us would turn and say in the midst of this, thank you, Jesus, for this cross. Blessed be the name of the Lord to the greater glory of God. But what do they mean by that? How is God glorified by the pains, the burdens, the sorrows, the disappointments that we experience in life? I think the the heart of the matter is this. I think that what gives God glory, what gives God glory isn't the destruction of the thing itself. In a sense, yeah, God's, you know, he, he's got his permissive will and he can use all these things for good. But it's not like he's just rejoicing, oh, cool, those stations were destroyed. You know, or, oh, the, the, the Lego city in the Sri basement was destroyed, <laughs> or Dr. Sri's newest book was destroyed. I don't think God is, and the angels are up in heaven just clapping their hands and rejoicing over that loss. And whatever burden you're carrying right now, whatever suffering you're going through, whatever cross, heavy cross is on your shoulder right now, I don't think the angels in heaven and God himself are just jumping up and down ecstatically. Saying, oh, this is so awesome. No, I, I don't think that's what's happening. Why, is, in what sense is God glorified? I don't think it's about the destruction of the thing itself, the loss of the thing itself, whether it's the job, the relationship, the health, the stations of the cross, or the book. <laughs> it's not the destruction of the thing itself. It's if something like that happened to me, it gives me the opportunity for something to be destroyed in me, a barrier between me and God a certain attachment that that would be a good thing God can use this suffering for some good in me. That it's not the destruction of the stations, but maybe the, the priest's attachment to those stations. He loved his work and and he should, but there could be a certain attachment to it. I have my attachment to this book I'm writing. <laughs> and if I were suddenly destroyed and taken away, you know, my my plan, my clinging to my my project and and what I want, there's a there's a sense God could use that for good to help me to be more detached and more open to his hand in my life, to the gifts he wants to give me. Not that he rejoices in the destruction of the book itself, but is giving me a chance to grow in detachment. And the angels and saints in heaven rejoice. When Edward Street grows in greater detachment, because they know how much I need to grow in that, (laughs) Um, maybe it's the opportunity for my pride to be destroyed. You know, maybe that Polish priest, is he was very rejoicing in his own work, and it reminds him that this wasn't his own work, that this is ultimately God's work. You know, or or maybe it's my vanity. You know, <laughs> maybe my vanity is being destroyed. People are going to praise me for this work, and and it's good for me to be a little detached from that. Or maybe it's my own self reliance. I'm just relying on me to sculpt these stations of the cross, if I was that Polish priest or write this book or my plan for, for my career, you know, and, and I'm relying for me to get to that next level in my career and get that next job and get that next title and to get that next promotion and get that next raise. And for me to, to be a little more detached from that and to learn to rely more on God for caring for my life, that could be a good thing. Maybe my desire to control. I just like having everything managed and controlled because I'm so anxious. I don't want any kind of suffering. I'm afraid of any little pain or inconvenience or something not working out the way I want. I want to manage everything to make sure that my will is done, (laughs) that my plan is accomplished instead of surrendering more to God's plan and trusting in Him to care for my life instead of me having to control everything. In other words, God can use these little disappointments in life to bring some good, to bring some deeper healing in my soul. So he's not praised and glorified from the destruction of the thing itself as much as he is glorified when we become more holy, when we have those obstacles that keep us from putting our lives entirely into the hands of the Father. And God can use these things for good. And I share this because sometimes I think when people hear these stories, you know, all this, this this priest, he lost his stations of the cross, many years work, and he just says, blessed be the name of the Lord, (laughs) you know, it reminds us of that line from Job, you know, God giveth, God taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. But what does that mean? Is God just a random, arbitrary God? Does he just like bless you sometimes and then other times all of a sudden, whoop, he's going to take away the blessing and you're, you're, you're going to be left, you know, suffering. Is God just random and arbitrary? He gives some people blessings and others he takes away blessings. He gives you uh, his peace sometimes, and he makes things work out for you sometimes, and other times he's going to take that away. If we, what kind of image of God do we have at that point? He's not a loving father, if that's how we think of God. He just gives and he takes away randomly. No, 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 no. That, that's not what's going on here. That's a scary God. <laughs> if, if that's how God, God is in my mind, it's no wonder that I would just want to control everything myself. And keep everything in my hands, because I can't trust a God like that. <laughs> I'm afraid. Well, well, He's blessing my family right now, but but He might not bless my family in the future. So I got to I got to control it, because I'm scared that this God up in heaven is gonna, you know, bring me some punishment or bring me some cross, and I don't really want that. That is not a true vision of God. And yet, I want you to be honest. Do you ever sometimes think of God that way? I know I I do, and I, I have a doctor in theology. I know the truth, but I know in my own weakness I can forget that truth in my heart and I could I could be too worried about something I I have something I I just just has to work out or I'm, I'm worried that this bad turn of events might happen in the office in my parish in my family in a certain relationship and I could forget that truth no no God is not just arbitrary you know so when you read from Job where it says God gives God taketh away blessed be the name of the Lord I don't want you to think of it as like God just randomly meeting out punishment and trials and crosses. You know, there's there is suffering in this world. We brought suffering in this world because of sin, because of the fall. We have brought suffering in this world. All of us are gonna have a share. In this suffering, it, it, you can't avoid it. We're all going to have a share in this suffering. Some will have more than others. Some will have intense periods and and more intense than others. And it, it's going to be a little bit different how we participate in that. But we're all going to have this share in suffering. But the good news is, our God is so much bigger than that, and He loves us so much, and He's so good that He can even use the sufferings that we are going to encounter in this fallen world. He can even use those for good. He can use it for the healing of my soul. That's why my spiritual director. I remember talking to my spiritual director about this once, and I I was told, you know, just give thanks. When these things happen, give thanks to the Lord. As a Christian with faith, we should say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, uh, again, I want to be clear here. This is not a superficial kind of spiritual interpretation of the, the, the bad events that happen in our lives, the sufferings that happen in our lives. You know, because that's what some people do. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, just offer it up. Oh, it's God's will, so there must be a plan. I'm not talking about a superficial, almost inhuman interpretation of the crosses in our lives. I'm talking here about a deeper spiritual vision that helps us to see that when these things come up, a problem with a child, a problem with our boss, <laughs> a problem with a certain relationship, when these things happen, we should give thanks, but not in a, a superficial way, but to really thank the Lord and see, you know, if God allowed this to happen in his providence, again, not that he is, is planning on not that he longs for this, for our lives, he doesn't want the destruction of the, of the thing itself, right? <laughs> it's, it's more that he wants to use it for our good. So that when when God does allow this to happen in my life, I should give thanks because I I should trust that there's some good in it for me. There's some good he can bring about for the world, for the church, for my family, for my community, for my office place, and and for my soul. There's an opportunity for me to grow here. So I should give thanks to the Lord when these difficult things happen. That's hard. That's not a natural response, but it's also not a superficial response. I'm deeply realizing, God, I trust there's something in here for me. This is really hard and what I'm going through. I'm really scared about this, Lord. But I, I think you're, you're inviting me to, to, to grow in a certain way. You're inviting me to grow in patience, to grow in greater trust of you, to greater surrender. That's good for me, Lord. You're inviting me to grow in greater courage. You're inviting me to grow in greater detachment from having my will be done all the time and trusting your will more than my own. Like Those are all amazing things that can happen in my soul when I face these difficult moments. And I think it's important that we we look at this again, not at a superficial level, because there's a lot of spiritual bypassing that goes on, I think, in many people's lives, many Christians' lives. I, I don't know if you've heard that expression. It's a term some psychologists use. One of my great friends, uh, Dr. Pete Malinowski uh, in Indianapolis, he has a wonderful work, uh, Apostolate Hearts and Souls. You should check it out. But he's recently been been writing about this idea of spiritual bypassing. It's the idea that when difficult things arise, they, they come to the surface in our soul or situations and events unfold in our lives. Instead of seeing that as an opportunity for deeper human formation, <laughs> for looking into my soul, for deeper spiritual healing inside my soul, I just kind of, you know, give a, a like a nice little platitude to just, you know, try to make sense of it on a superficial level, you know, so for example, you know, when we experience some kind of suffering, you know, you go through some suffering. Maybe you have a friend that just says to you, "Oh, well, you know, just trust that God has a plan." You know, or well, Jesus will help you if you just pray more and trust in Him. He'll He'll help you through it. <laughs> you know, these are these are true statements. Don't get me wrong, and they can be helpful. I'm not saying that they're they're bad. There, there's truth in them. You know, you're going through this really hard time. You know, and and so, oh, with God, there's always hope. You know, these are true statements, and it's good to remember these. I'm not belittling the statements themselves. But oftentimes we can just stay at that level and and not go to the deeper, harder work God wants to do inside of us, leaning into the suffering, sitting in that suffering and meeting Jesus there in our tears, in our fears, in our sorrows, and sitting in that and, and asking the Lord to help us, asking the Lord to comfort us. I've come across this with the younger generation, especially I'll meet some young people and they're going through a really hard time, like, you know, young 20 something just lost their job. Or they just, you know, had their boyfriend, their girlfriend break up with them. And I'll hear them just make this statement, well, oh, well, it's God's will. You know, and they just kind of like, they say it, they shrug it off, but I can almost tell like they haven't really just experienced the sorrow deeply with God. Maybe God is giving them this opportunity to lose that relationship so they learn to find their deeper fulfillment in Him more, to learn to rely on Him more, to rely on that Jesus is enough. No boyfriend or girlfriend is ever going to fill their hearts, no husband or wife. In the future, will ever fill their hearts. Only God will, and we have to learn that Jesus is enough. <laughs> and, and and maybe God is giving that opportunity of this, you know, broken hearted, you know, broken relationship now, uh, and and He's giving that as the opportunity to grow deeper in, in intimacy with Him. That's a beautiful thing. But when we just kind of say, "Oh well, it's God's will," it's kind of like it's just like I I just I, can't, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to go deep into my sorrow. I don't want to worry about this, <laughs> and I'm avoiding the place of my hurt which is where God wants to actually meet me and maybe do some deeper healing in me, that's spiritual bypassing. Because it's a, it's a lot easier just to kind of like have this little line in my head, oh, it's God's will, uh, uh, oh, God must have a plan. It's easier to do that and live on the superficial level than it is to go deep into, Lord, this really hurts. Lord, I don't know what's gonna happen. Am I ever gonna find the one? Lord, help me to see that in all my desiring, I'm really desiring you and, and help me to lean on you right now in this, This is this is really hard. What is it that you're trying to teach me through this? These are great things, great opportunities to grow. But when we just stay on that superficial level, we miss the chance God is giving us for our deeper sanctification, uh, our, our deeper healing. But that that's hard to go there. So I get why sometimes we go to those more superficial lines. Again, And, and uh, superficial, I don't mean that they're not true. They are true. And sometimes in life, you just need those lines just to get by. So I want to be really clear here. I hope no one's taking this the wrong way. Today there's a, a lot of talk in counseling about like having your script, you know, like when you have something really hard, you have this little you have, you have this little script that reminds you of some basic truths, you know, that helps you through you know, really difficult situations. So maybe you have like a dysfunctional family and they always are throwing guilt trips on you and manipulating you. And 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 you just need to have these certain scripts in your head, you know, so you're not going to go home for Easter this year because you need to sing in the choir at church, but they're guilting you. Everybody's coming home and you're not here, you know, and all this. And, and so you have this little script in your head and you tell yourself, well, I'm a good person. I know if I stay here, I'm not. I'm not bad, you know, I'm not a bad son. I'm not a bad daughter if I stay to sing in the choir for Easter Vigil. <laughs> uh, um, I know that God loves me. You have these little scripts in your head. And sometimes when you, you've just grown up with a lot of dysfunction in your life, you, you need those little scripts. And, that's, and, and, and maybe that's just what you need to, to get by for a period. So they can be good. They can be helpful. But I think God wants to go deeper. He wants to go deeper. He, wa- he wants us to ask, well, why, why do I feel guilty? when my parents say that? Why do I respond with such anxiety when my mom says something like that? You know, like, what, what, what's the deeper root of this? Again, the scripts are helpful, you know, like Band-Aids, and sometimes you just need a Band-Aid, and they're really good. But at the deeper level, God wants deeper freedom for us. He wants deeper healing. Again, I want to be clear, I'm not a psychologist. I don't plan, to, I don't, I don't, I don't claim to be by any means. But I know enough from the spiritual tradition about the, the healing God wants to do in our souls is is deep. And it involves not just, you know, the healing of our sins and our vices. It goes all the way down to the healing of our wounded human nature and the things that have wounded us you know, since birth. <laughs> and, and whether it's uh, you know things with family and hurts that we've had in other relationships and traumatic situations in life, you know, those are the deep things God wants to heal. But when we stay at the level of just platitudes of, oh, it's God's will, uh, oh, to the greater glory of God, uh, oh, there must be some plan in this, and we, but we're not actually sitting in that sorrow. We, we miss chances for God to come meet us at a deeper level. To meet us in the cross that's what he's revealing to us this lent that all of our lives are are measured by the cross he wants to meet us in the cross and that's where the the deepest transformation takes place if we're willing to go there with jesus so in summary here the greater glory of god what gives god great glory is when we dare to go through that narrow gate (laughs) where most people aren't willing to go you know where we go down into the depths of our, our wounds, our hurts, our weaknesses, our, our, our moments of loss and find Jesus there and not just respond to those difficulties with superficial little lines in our head. Again, we may need them for a period, but ultimately God wants to go deeper. And I pray that this Lent, that, that, that you'll encounter Jesus in those, as I've described before, in those unexpected crosses that come up, and not run away from them, and not just give a nice little platitude toward them, but to actually meet Jesus in the cross. Thanks for listening, my friends. May you have a blessed Lent. Pray for me, and I'll pray for you. You can always reach me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and on my website, edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. And finally, if you'd like the show notes for the All Things Catholic podcast, you can get them sent right to your inbox, and they come right from Ascension Press, the good folks that produce this podcast here. I give a little more detail, give some quotes, a little more background, uh, and they're all for free. You can get those by texting All Things Catholic to three three triple seven All Things Catholic. That's just one word, All Things Catholic to three three triple seven, and you can get the show notes and uh, other background information there.